If you'll grab your copy of God's Word, and this is, an, this is an easy one, not an easy one to listen to or an easy one to preach. I'm talking about just an easy one to find in your Bible, if you're like me. So maybe you've been saved for a while, and you still have trouble finding some books of the Bible, those Old Testament books that are kind of Ezekiel. Where, where is that? Is that more towards the beginning or more towards the end? Or maybe you're just trying out church for the first time. You're like, a Bible? Um, is that, that one of those things that that was in my hotel room. Listen, no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey, we want to say welcome, but this is an easy one to find. It's in Genesis. Genesis means beginning, and so it's the first book. Find your table of contents, flip a few pages over, Genesis chapter 1, and we're beginning, we're beginning what we're calling our hope and our healing initiative, our hope and our healing initiative. So when we as a nation were faced yet again with the issues of race and justice um, and and multiple, there were multiple events, uh, the George Floyd killing was probably the most prominent of those. We began to walk through that and, you know, you hear the question, well, how, how is the church going to respond and 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 you know, my question back is, that's a, that's a great question. How are you going to respond? <laughs> right? Because you're, you're the church. So how, how is the church going to respond? But I understand the heart of the question. How is the, the corporate church going to respond? How is CFA going to respond? How is the multiply family of churches going to respond? And, and we did a couple of things. Um, that was one of the COVID and George Floyd were the two Sundays in almost four years that I, ch- I changed my message in like a couple of days, and uh, preached on the book of Acts about, spirit, uh, about racial unity and reconciliation being part of the birthright of the spirit-empowered church, all, all the colors. And we began, some of our, our, our team were, were leading prayer movements, and we released some podcasts and some different materials, and that was our initial response, and yet, and yet we felt like we wanted to, to respond in a, in a greater way. And let me, let me kind of teach um, you through your life as I kind of give you a little bit behind the scenes into our response. You know, when things happen, either in the world or in your life, everybody wants a, you know what they want from you? They want a reaction, don't they? They want a reaction. They want a quick knee-jerk kind of how is somebody going to react to that? And, and I want to teach you and I want to coach you a little bit not to react. This is a world where it's easy, where it's easy to react. I want, I, want, I want to encourage you to respond. Those are two different things, right? A, rea- a reaction is based on my emotion. A reaction is based on, and sometimes, sometimes my emotion isn't right. And so I want to encourage you to learn to prayerfully respond. That's what we felt on the other side of this and we began to, to pray through this just as a team. And what was CFA's response going to be? And we felt from the Lord that it was to be a measured response, a thoughtful and a prayerful response, a hope-filled response, a solution oriented response, and most of all, more important than anything, a biblical response, a Christ 
centered response. I'm not going to preach to you politics. I'm not going to preach to you cultural nuance today. We're going to go straight to God's word, straight to God's word. And I'm really, I'm preaching to you a passage and I'm giving you a theology lesson at the same time. You say, pastor, I didn't come for a theology. Theology, is that really important? Yes, kind of important. So theology just simply means this. It means what you believe about God. Many of you know that's, pr that's pretty important. When universities were first formed and people would study uh, other sciences, whether it was medical science or political science or social science, do you know that the first classes they had all of them take was were theology classes because they said the saying was this every other ology every other ology came out of theology so if you're going to be a doctor you first had to understand how God put the human body together and then you worked in your medical uh, uh, profession and so what we believe about God deeply matters and so the theological term it's a Latin word it's simply amago day. Amago Dei, and it means this, that we are image bearers. We are image bearers. Let me, let me back up a little bit, guys, because I skipped over this part. Let me, give me, let me give you a little bit of a snapshot of where we're headed over the next three weeks. So in our, in our uh, hope and healing, and I know this is super small print. I can't see it. I don't know if you can, but um, you can go to our website, cfachurch.com, and you can, pull this, you can pull this up later. There are several things on there, several initiatives that we're excited to launch. Um, uh, guest speakers over the next two Sundays, both of them deep, uh, dear friends of mine, Alan Griffin and Dr. David Dukasen. Dr. Dukasen uh, has written a book called Neighborliness, Finding God, Finding the Beauty of God Across Dividing Lines, and, and we're so excited to be a part of the launch of that book. There are uh, SEU. Carolina is, is um, sponsoring a, a lecture series, our own Corey Gaston, Dr. Dukasen, and Dr. Lucretia Berry, who is a, a leading voice, a national leading voice, will be here. And so we're going to walk through this. We'll do deeper town halls. Listen, you got to hear my heart. I'm, I'm very excited about all of these things. You know what I'm most excited about is our prayer meetings, because that's what's going to change things more than anything. And so next Monday, so a week, a week to go to Sunday, and then Monday, we take uh, the summer, we push pause on our six o'clock Monday morning prayer. And then how we go back into that is we pray every day at six o'clock in the morning. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we're going we're gonna to finish it um, in front of our dream center with a community prayer rally. And I want to encourage you, listen, do everything you can. Hear, hear your pastor. Uh, things happen when we pray that don't happen when we don't pray. And we need prayer more than we ever have. And, and prayer moves the hand of God for our community, for our family, for our own hearts, and for our nation. But, but let me preach now to you about the Imago Day that we are image bearers. Theologian A.W. Tozer said this, The doctrine of man made in the image of God is one of the most basic doctrines of the Bible. And one of the most elevating, enlarging, magnanimous and glorious doctrines that I know. What's he talking about? He's talking about Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. Let's read it together. Then God said, let us, let us, let us. Everybody say us. Us, singular or plural? Plural. Plural. So, so highlight that word us. Then God said, let us. Make human beings, uh, singular or plural, 
plural, let us make them. Let us make them. Let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness. And they will have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings. In his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You've got to hear that. Let us make them. Let us make them. So first of all, God is speaking about himself in the plural. This is not one of those awkward, weird Seinfeld moments where somebody talks about them in the third person, right? Like, like somebody starts talking, mentioning, talking about the, themselves in the third person. Like, wait, what's, what's going on here? Here's what is going on here. It's a deep theological truth. It's the idea of unity that is found in plurality. Unity in plurality, that the triune Godhead is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so hear me, we do not experience the fullness of the Godhead unless we experience God in his unity expressed in plurality. There are people who have tried to say, oh no, that's not true. The, the, the Trinity, you may hear that, that term. So the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but the idea is taken from passages like this. And they say, well, no, no, that's not, that's not true. And you have movements called the, the Unitarian movement, or you may hear of something called the Jesus only movement. And I won't go into that, but you know what those have been? Those have been condemned as heresy throughout thousands of years in the church, because we believe that there is one God There's one God. His name is Yahweh. So unity. There are not lots of little Hindu or or different religions that say there are gods all over the place. No, the God of our Bible is one God, but his unity is expressed in plurality. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we do not experience the fullness of the Godhead unless we experience him in his plurality. So God says, let us make them. Let us make them. The Hebrew word for human beings, you need to understand this, includes both men and women and refers to the entire human race. Again, unity in plurality. So in humanity, all of the races were in Adam and all of the races were in Eve and we do not experience the fullness of humanity unless we experience all of the colors and all of the races working together. So that's why we believe this is found foundational to our faith, that race is sacred, that we are all image bearers of the almighty God, and that's why racism in any form is a sin, because it is a slap in the face of God who created all of humanity in his image. And it has some really amazing implications. I don't want just a theology that I can slap a degree on and hang it on the wall and say, that's what I believe. I want a theology that works in my life. Can you say amen? 
I want a theology that works in a church, that works in the workplace, that works in our schools, that works in our community. And so theology is not just what you believe about God, it's what we live about God. And so we gotta understand a couple of things that together, together all of the colors and all of the races, we have the same father. We got the same father. So we don't fully experience the joy of family unless we experience it together. Because whether we like it or not, same father means that we are brothers and sisters. And I don't just mean that in the old school Pentecostal uh, way. Some of you, how many of you grew up old school Pentecostal? Pentecostal holiness, church of God, AG back in the day where it was brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so. I always thought it was so weird. And uh, forgive me, I'm not gonna call you that. I'm just gonna call you your name and you don't have to call me Brother Doug. If you call me Brother Doug, that's gonna be, my wife's gonna say, don't you dare do that. I try to get my kids when I got my doctorate I tried to get my kids to call me Dr. Daddy that did not work at all at all they just looked at me weird and kept on living their life but we called each other brother and sister because we are because we are first John four twenty says this whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar for whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Pastor Doug, are you saying if there's racism in my heart that I don't love Jesus? No, I'm not saying that. Jesus actually said that. Je- Jesus actually said that. He said, he said you, can't, you can't do it. He calls, he calls people a liar. So sometimes Jesus is all like nice and loving and sometimes like he's tough love. Aren't you thankful for tough love, Jesus? Sometimes I think we need some more tough love, Jesus. Like I like, I like, sometimes I like mama Jesus, you know, like just it hurts, come close. And sometimes I need Jesus to be like, get up, boy. So you rub some dirt on that thing and keep going on. And Jesus is like, if you don't love all races, you are a liar. Could I say it clearer, more clear? I like just trying to preach the word here. Just trying to, just trying to say what Jesus says. What we're experiencing in our society, remember a couple weeks ago we preached about, um, I had the mirror on stage, and that we're, we're all hardwired and born with a mirror, and so we're seeing that in society, aren't we? It's just anger, and then boom, anger right back. Um, or, or, or these two things, blame and blame right back, or one group being defensive and the other group being defensive, like we're just living in a mirror society. And we need, we have to, we have to, we don't just need, we have to flip the script. We have to, we have to flip the script. You're like, yeah, those, are, those other people out there, they need to flip the script. No, no, that, that verse is actually just talking to Christians. It, sa- it says, I know, I know there may be anger out there, but you flip the script and take in anger and give back love. Take in, take in persecution. See, we have not known, like, like, I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you got ostracized um, from your junior high lunch table because you stood up for Jesus. And I know that's like really real, right? Pastor Wes, as he walked through a season with middle schoolers, like that's, that's real. That, that is a, that's a real emotion. That's hard to walk through. But can we understand that globally in the West, in the U.S., we, we have not um, understood per- persecution in the church. But, but we're about to. And, and I'm not scared about that. 
I'm kind of like, let's go. I'm kind of like, because it's gonna, the gray is gonna be out and the middle is gonna be out. And now if you say, love, I love Jesus, it doesn't mean like I'm a cultural Christian. There's not gonna be anything, any such thing as a cultural Christian anymore. Like either you're gonna be a Christian and your Christianity is gonna mean that you gotta, you gotta take some persecution, but we're gonna flip the script. We're gonna flip the script. In 1992, uh, a grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan made front page news. For years in this community, Larry Trapp terrorized, terrorized a Jewish leader in his community named Michael Weiser, made death threats against him and the people of his synagogue. And then one day, but one day, Larry tore down his Nazi flags, destroyed his hate literature, and renounced the KKK. Here's why. Because Larry came down with an incurable kidney disease, and Michael, the Jewish man that he had been making death threats against, took him into his home, and he cared for him. And Larry said this, he showed me so much love that I couldn't help but love them back. To me, that sounds like a church flipping the script that we're going to show so much love. (laughs) You can't, you're not going to be able to help but love me because I'm going to love you back when it's easy. I'm going to love you back when it's hard. The people around you, in your neighborhood, in your job, in your school, in your family, they can't help but love you because when they give you grief, you're going to just give them joy. You're going to give them Jesus. You have the anointing to flip the script. We don't flip the script collectively until we flip the script individually, and we will all have an opportunity. I promise you, you'll have an opportunity to flip the script this week. Somebody's going to say something. Somebody's going to treat you, but you have the ability to return love together. Together we are image bearers. Together. We don't fully bear the image of God to a lost world until we bear it together. The church, the corporate church, does not fully bear the image of God to the world unless we bear that image together. And we have a world that is hurting and that is lost. And they're looking, they're looking to find God in the middle of all of this. Now hear me, sometimes, sometimes You'll have rare occasions where Jesus will reveal himself in a dream, where something will happen, usually in countries where there is no Christian witness. That can happen. Do you know how most of the time people find the image of God? This is a little scary, but it's through the image of us, and it's how the image of how we love one another and talk to one another, especially, especially in our differences. I was at a, a restaurant, this has been years ago, and I, I don't even remember who I was with. It wasn't, it wasn't people from this church. It was just, we were out. It was probably at some conference or, or, or something like that. And I was with some church leaders in, in a restaurant. And I remember, I remember this, that they started sharing some of, the, some of the junk that was going on in their church. 
And they started kind of talking bad and, uh, about their church and all the problems about their church. And, and, I, and I know in hindsight, I should have I, I said something. I, I should have stood up, but I, I didn't in that moment. But I remember just feeling so uncomfortable, like not just being in that conversation myself, but here's what was going in my heart and my spirit, like just kind of looking around and thinking there are people around us that don't know Jesus and they're listening. You hear me? There are people around, does somebody hear me? There are people around us that don't know Jesus and they're listening. And so your little Facebook banter back and forth with another Christian, there are people that don't know Jesus and they're listening and their souls will be on your hands. Because the world is watching how we love each other. The world is watching how we interact with each other. I'm not saying there aren't disagreements, but the Bible gives us the way to walk out those disagreements. The Bible says in Matthew that if I have aught against my brother, I go to them as public as possible. Trying to rally everybody on my side so I feel better about myself forever and ever. Amen. That's not what it says, is it? It says we go to each other one-on-one in love. We will have disagreement. There will show me a family where you haven't fussed at each other. It ain't family until you fuss. You're not, you're not even married until you have your first disagreement. I think that's how we ought to start doing weddings, Pastor Steve. By the power vested in me, by the state of North Carolina, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, until Harrison and Gracie, because I'm doing their wedding here. Uh, and, uh, and, if, and they've never had a fight. They've never, had a, never even disagreed about one thing. I don't know. I've been doing their premarital counseling, and they're like off the charts. That's not like I can't talk about that publicly. I'm only saying this because they are such an amazing, amazing young couple and the hand of God is on their life. And I will move on from this illustration. Don't worry, <laughs> quickly. But, but like, by the power vested in me, you know, by the state of North Carolina, you're, you're not, you don't, know, you don't know the relationship until you walk through something together. But it's how you do it. The world's watching us, church. The world's listening. They're listening deep. They're leaning in. Here's a, here's a final thing. Together, together we have dominion. This is so cool. So in verse 26b, it says this. It says they, they will have dominion. Again, that's, that's interesting because, because God uses the plural word there. He doesn't say, Adam, you alone will have dominion. And actually, do you know that's how, um, that's how this idea of the divine right of kings got started? If you research in history, their, their political science was rooted in their theology. And there's a whole, there's a whole lesson there. I'm not going to teach that this morning. But the way that we govern ourselves as a society is rooted in our theology. And so there was a theology that said only Adam had dominion, and that dominion was passed on through the divine right of kings. And so you have, you have that for years. You have some good kings, and you have some horrible kings. But what um, John Locke said, which was where we get, and many, any country that runs a democracy, says this, that God gave dominion to they. It wasn't just to Adam. It was to the 
plurality. Watch this. This is, this is huge now. It says they will have dominion. So who, who will have dominion? An individual? Just, just a man? Just the white folks? Just, just, no, no, no. That's not what it says. Who, who will have dominion? The Hebrew word, let me take you back to the beginning. The Hebrew word here for they, for human beings, included both men and women and refers to the entire human race. We don't have dominion unless we have dominion together. So maybe, just maybe, one reason that it seems like, that it feels like Satan is winning in this world is that we as believers have not fully stepped into our place of dominion. And maybe we have not fully stepped into dominion because we are still separated and segregated. And maybe the enemy is scared to death of us discovering the secret power of our unity. And maybe that's why he's working over time to divide us. The power of collective dominion. Let me, let me, let me explain it like this. Can I preach can I pre- preach some Voltron to you? Anybody, anybody out there remember Voltron? Okay, one person. I got, pastor's got some work to do. I got some work to do. So I got to teach as I preach here. I got to teach. So I need to take you back to 1984. And I'm leaning into Pastor John Hernandez here. Because I got to be honest, even though that's my time, like that's my, that's my year. I was like, John, I don't know about Voltron. He looked at me. I was like, don't judge, bro, don't judge. I had five channels. Actually, I had four and a half. NBC, CBS, ABC, PBS, and Fox on a good weather day. So it was like four and a half channels. I was like, don't judge me, bro. We watched Saturday morning. My kids looked at me. I said, they were like, when did you watch cartoons? I was like, Saturday morning. They were like, and? Saturday morning. That was, that was it. Like you were limited in your, anyway, Voltron, Voltron, basically the storyline of Voltron is this. There was five individual unique lions and they each had individual unique abilities and and well, basically every episode, every, every storyline was the same. Somebody would get mad, one of them would get mad, and there was this sense of disunity among the team. But eventually, they would be faced with an evil that was greater than any one of them could handle. So stubbornness and disunity would bring them to the, to the point of defeat. But then somebody would have an idea. Like, same thing. So every episode, enemies winning. Hey, hey, here's an idea. Why don't we join? Why don't we join together? And it was like they had amnesia. Church, I wonder if we just get amnesia. 
We get amnesia. We forget and we fight battles on our own and we forget that our power is when we join together. See, when Voltron, when all of those, there's like five of them and they all morph together, they would conquer evil and they would conquer the enemy every single time. Church, I just need you to know your Voltron. I need you to know your Voltron. I need you to know that together we fight. I need you to know that together we win. Together we sing. Together we shout. Together we march. Together we have victory. Together, come on. What happened was this. What happened was this. God, unity and plurality, the triune God had created all of us, every tribe, every tongue, every nation in his image to bear his likeness. But what happened was that sin robbed us of that image. We've become fallen, broken, scarred, divided. Do you know the reason that you don't like the image of who you are is because it got messed up by sin. But there's good news is that Jesus, see the first Adam messed it up, but the second Adam came in. His name was Jesus and he put it all back together. Second Corinthians 4 says this, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. So that the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the, who is the image, the image, Jesus is the image. Colossians 3.10, put on your new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. None of this works without Jesus, but with him everything fits together with heads bowed with eyes closed those joining us online you say pastor i'm fallen i'm broken i got some some junk in my heart and i need to step in and begin to see myself as a child of god created in the image of god good news. Today is your day and this is your moment. Let me introduce you to the second Adam, Jesus Christ, who puts all things back together. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you are walking around, but you're not awake, if you're going through the motions, but you're not alive, you can say yes to Jesus right here and right now. So as I pray this prayer out loud and all the people in the house at Concord pray it with me. If that's you, I want you to pray it and mean it with your heart and go from death to life. Come on, church, let's pray. Let's say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm broken, but I come to you and ask you, Jesus, 
that you put me back together. So Jesus, come into my heart and come into my life so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. In Jesus' name, now with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, can we just take a minute as a body of Christ, the judgment starts in the house of God. Can we just ask that the Spirit would search our hearts? Oh God, as our image is marred and broken by sin, we just ask, Lord, that if there is anything, any hate, any anger, any bitterness, any racism, any prejudice in our hearts, Oh, God, that if we've allowed anything to creep in, Holy Spirit, would you just reveal that to us right now? And, Lord, we just then turn it over to you. Come on, if, you, if the Holy Spirit has just prodded you, if he's brought something to your awareness, a thought pattern, a prejudice, would you just say, God, forgive me? Forgive me of that. I want to step in to a picture of my dominion and we step into this together father i pray over multiply church over cfa that together in this community and around the world that we would step fully into our dominion and that we would see evil defeated in jesus name and all god's people said amen amen